shouts to everyone who listens to Combo's Court across the globe. Combo Nation, what up? What up? What up, everyone? Welcome to episode 296 of Combo's Court, and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and smash down on that subscribe button. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. Share it on your IG stories and follow me on Instagram at 12combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. You could catch me on Twitter at Combos Court. That's C-O-M-B-O-S-C-O-U-R-T. Same name as the podcast on Twitter. Today's show, Iman, co-host of the Dishes and Dimes podcast, joins in to talk Raptors, basketball, and more. You could also find Iman's work on basketballnews.com. A fantastic conversation. Can't wait for you all to hear it. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Iman Adden of the Dishes and Dime Podcast. Welcome to Combo's Court. How are you feeling today? I am feeling good. Thank you for having me. Anytime. You know, basketball news, big friends of the show. We've had clips on the show. We've had Matt Babcock on the show, Alex Kennedy, Spencer. So it's good to have you on. <laughs> I'm in great company. <laughs> Most definitely. All right. So, you know, your podcast is a Raptor-centric podcast. Um, I have a good idea what it's about, but for the listeners, can you share more? Um, yeah, so it is, it's, um, it's a Raptor centered podcast, although we do talk about the NBA as a whole. Um, and how it came to be is, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, most people don't, but there's a very large Raptors fan base online, very active and very large online, which okay. um, is a result of like the fact that the team just came to be in 1995. So most of us that are fans are probably born sometime in the 90s or the 2000s. So we happen to be online. So it's so it's this large, oops, um, this large fan base online. And we felt like there was no great coverage on TV because of course in the States, we don't count as viewers. We don't get access to ESPN. We don't have Sports Center um, or anything like that. And then in Canada, there's such a huge focus on hockey. So, um, so all fans started to congregate online. And as women, we were like, it's all men that are talking about it. Like, why don't we get together and talk about it? So we're a group of seven women who have come together to talk basketball because it's our favorite thing and have a primary focus on the Raptors because um, that's our team. That's really dope, man. You just made Canada sound like a totally different world. You know, <laughs> I, I, I hardly see hockey on TV. I feel like, you know, it, it's interesting. It's so different. It's, it's funny because like, I honestly, like, I, I know that's how it sounds, but as someone who grew up in Toronto and like grew up with the Raptors, I hardly watch hockey. Like I, it feels like a different world to me, despite me living in Canada. And I think that's how most Raptor fans feel. <laughs> it's just like, this is very foreign to us, but in you know, as we see with like you know ESPN and just like with with sports media in America as well, they feel like they're always late to change. <laughs> That's right. how it is with with hockey in Canada. It's like yeah, maybe our parents' generation was all about this, but I don't think the kids are. 
Yeah. Okay. So let's take it back to last season. Toronto Raptors were basically displaced. They were in Florida. What was the effect on the franchise last season? And do you think there's an effect going forward? Yeah. I mean, there was a huge effect on, I think on the team last season, it was the first year that they had missed the playoffs in Masai Ujiri's tenure. Um, And it was like, they very clearly, you know, wanted to tank by the end of it, but we had not seen a Raptors team sort of come out like that. Like even in the post Kawhi Leonard year, they had the second best record in the league. Um, They were on fire until Pascal Siakam got injured. So it felt like a very weird year on the team. And you can tell, I mean, a lot of these guys have been with the Raptors for a long time. So they have homes here and their kids go to school here. And so you have a bunch of people who like last minute, because the season came about last minute, but beyond that, the decision to be in Tampa came out very last minute for the Raptors. So you have fathers who are like planning, where are my kids going to go to school? Where am I going to live? So like even halfway through the season, there were guys that were just living out of hotels. Um, And it was like, it was like the whole team had a mid-season trade is pretty much how it was. The Raptors practice facility was in a ballroom of a hotel. (laughs) Wow. They just did not have the infrastructure to really keep a team in that in that way. So although it was a makeshift year for everybody, it was like the bubble just continued for the Raptors in such a weird way. Um, So I think there was like a a huge impact. And we saw that like Pascal Siakam just didn't have a great year. And there was also like bickering amongst coaching staff. And I just think it was very difficult not being around their family, not having a normal practice facility, not having a normal routine that so many of these these guys are used to having been here for so long. Um, so that certainly had its toll. I think though, I don't think anything's going to linger. I think we're going to come into this season completely fresh in the same way that like all these teams that were in the bubble last year kind of just dusted that off. And once they returned home, it was like a fresh new season. I think the Raptors are finally going to get that this year. A fresh new season you just mentioned, and you got a new draft pick, Scotty Barnes. I've been high on Scotty for a long time now. Now, among Toronto fans, I mean, you understand the pulse of the Toronto Raptor fan base better than anybody or as good as anybody. What was it like on draft night when it came to the Toronto fan base? Oh, my gosh. It was very hectic. I had like a couple of like draft day things that I was doing as well. (laughs) We're all like live and I got to see people's reactions. It was a lot of fun. I think everyone wanted it to be Jalen Suggs. I think there was like a, a, a huge just like push from the fan base for Jalen Suggs. And I, and I understand it's cause the Raptors don't really have a guy like him. Um, and everyone kind of wanted someone who, and I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not someone who watches college basketball. We don't really, it's not as huge of a thing here as it is in the States. It's not something that I've ever really paid that much attention to. And this season was no different. Um, but I know that most people were like, yo, Jalen Suggs is a bucket getter. Like we need someone who's going to go out there and drop 20. We need someone who can like play making the way that he does. And people were really high on him. But as soon as Scotty Barnes was drafted, you saw like a complete 180 um, from the fan base and just people really loving Scotty Barnes. And for someone like myself that wasn't paying attention to the draft as much, as soon as I watched a little bit of Scotty Barnes, I was like, this is the most Raptors player ever. Like, <laughs> 
of course, Masai Jiri, who like drafted Bruno Caboclo um, and like has desperately wanted Giannis and that is no secret to anyone um, and has drafted Pascal Siakam and OG Ananobi and all these guys. Like, of course he wanted Scotty Barnes. He fits in perfectly with this team. And Scotty's such a fun and fresh personality too that he's going to be a fan. Fa- like he's already a fan favorite, but it's just going to continue to grow. He's really embraced the city already and the fans have really embraced him. Yeah, I've, I've talked about this before. I mean, Toronto is obviously a team, and Messiah is so smart. I think he's going to run the NBA one day. They're obviously a team that does it. Hope not. Stay in Toronto, Messiah, forever. <laughs> we'll see. That's what I think. That's what I think will happen. <laughs> but, you know, Toronto is a team like the Spurs and like the Warriors shown this year that they don't pay attention to NBA draft media, NBA draft Twitter. They just take – the player that they feel is best for their future. Um, and that's what they did here. Like everybody had Jalen Suggs going to Toronto, you know, not only the Raptors fans, everybody draft Twitter, uh, draft media, NBA media. So it was really great to see Toronto go with a player that they just felt was best for them, for them and their future. And I've been high on Scotty Barnes for a long time now. I was surprised they took Scotty Barnes, but I think it was the right decision for sure. Yeah, I agree. And honestly, as soon as I started watching some Scotty tape, I was like, this, like, this makes sense to me. How did anyone think it was going to be anybody right. else? Um, but Jalen Suggs is also going to be phenomenal. And I'm like, yes. um, yeah, like there's no, nothing against him. He, I think he's going to be a really fun player and watching him. I understand why the fan base, you know, took to him so easily. Um, but it's always really funny to me because I don't know if, if you remember this, but like, um, you know how Woj and Shams kind of just like tweet out, um the picks before they, they tweet i never knew they tweeted do they you know you don't know that they do that <laughs> <laughs> um, and they had like one two three they like put out that it was going to be k they put out it was going to be evan they put out that it was going to uh, sorry um uh jalen went before evan and then evan third and they had all the picks out but then they stopped right there because they didn't even know what the raptors are gonna do and like it's really funny because it's kind of just been the trend but generally the raptors pick in the 20th so no one ever pays attention but like shams and woe don't usually get the raptors pick it's just there's no leak so like it's just been pure speculation for weeks on weeks about what the raptors would do and they bucked the trend completely yeah, keeping things in house. I think that is good basketball culture, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. Yeah, and they also drafted Canadian Delano Bantam. Yes, yes. Who's <laughs> also been really like I, I watched a little bit of him in summer league, and he's really great. He's the first Canadian yes. that we've ever drafted, and he's he's from here. He's from Toronto. Most definitely, he has a very interesting skill set. A, a big playmaking guard, kind of like Scotty Barnes. He's not quite the talent Scotty is, but I think he could develop into a nice NBA player. All right, so let's shift to kyle because he is now with the heat oh um, that happen? that's official <laughs> that is official oh, he no. moves to miami do you, <laughs> feel, do you feel they are now legit title contenders with kyle there um i'll what i've always said is kyle lowry has been the most underrated player i think in the in the league in in all honesty um i don't think most people know that the raptors have had the best record um in the league since 2015, which feels very weird to say because you're like, outside of Kawhi, like what what was DeMar and Kyle? Like that's what it was. And Kyle Lowry was the best player for all of those years outside of the Kawhi Leonard year. Um, and I don't think he gets that recognition. Well, for a lot of the time it was Pascal Siakam or DeMar DeRozan getting it, but it's consistently been Kyle who's been the best player on the floor, but he's not the flashiest. He um, He's just, 
he's just like he'll get a charge when you need one he he's a versatile scorer that he can get to the basket he he hits that elbow like midi with ease at all times and he's developed into such an elite three-point shooter um including like off the dribble um so his just ability to just be so versatile and what we saw from Kyle Lowry and something that like I've been sitting and thinking about because I'm writing this piece on him is his ability to be exactly what the team needs from him so a lot was made about the Raptors record when Kawhi Leonard sat um because they were so good whereas the Clippers struggled quite a bit and a lot of that was Kyle Lowry really stepping into his own. All of his biggest games, all the nights that he dropped 30 plus was when Kawhi Leonard sat. And when Kawhi Leonard was on, Kyle kind of turned into like, he, he was second, I think, in the league in assists that year, right behind Russell Westbrook. So he kind of played more of a facilitator role. And I think his ability to do that is something that the Heat desperately need because they, and I like, so I'm excited about it. I'm excited about his fit there. They need some more well one they need a point guard two they need some some three-point shooting they need some floor spacing and three I don't think he's as bad as a defender as like maybe some Raptor fans kind of think he is right now just because he's been taking his foot off the pedal because I mean what were the Raptors doing last season right um but I, I just think his versatility and his ability to kind of fit into any roster that they put out is very is something that the Heat will desperately need. I'm looking at that roster and it feels very similar to what the Raptors put out in 2017, right? We had PJ Tucker, you know, Bam is a much better version of whatever we try to do with Sergi Baca. Jimmy Butler's a much better version of whatever we were trying to do with DeMar Rosen. And so I'm looking at that roster and I see very strong similarities. So I think that they'll be really good because that team won, like I think it was 59 games that year. So I think they'll be really good. Um, my only issue is like looking at their backup spot at the point guard and not really seeing that. And I mm-hmm. think that like putting too much on a 35 year old point guard's shoulders might be a little bit too much for the heat to handle. So I don't know that I'm putting them totally into that contender um, class that you mentioned, just because I just don't know that they have a backup point guard. And I don't know how much you can put on the shoulders of Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry, considering their age, even though I think they're both phenomenal. We just saw Jimmy deal with a bunch of injuries last year because of the load he took on in the bubble. And I don't know that Kyle Lowry can also take on a load like that. So that's where my main concern comes from for that team. Yeah, that's interesting. You're right. Off the bench, they don't have too many guys that could set the table. Yeah, exactly. And I just think relying too much on Kyle Lowry, like I, I losing Goran and losing none and just like looking at that team, I just I don't know who it's going to be. Like I know that Bam can do it. I know that Jimmy can do it. I know Kyle can, but they all start. And I don't know. I think you probably stagger some of the Jimmy Bam lineups, but it just feels like they're missing that backup point guard. They're missing Goran Dragic, really. <laughs> right, right. Uh, do you feel Toronto will be tuned into Miami Heat games this year? Yes, for sure. Kyle Lowry is <laughs> the greatest Raptor of all time, and I think Raptor fans, um, it, it, it ended in such a beautiful way. <laughs> it feels weird to say, but for so much of the Raptors' history, it's been like a DeMar DeRozan situation, you know, where he wanted to stay and he felt hurt by the franchise, but they traded him away, or like any of the stars that the Raptors have had, Chris Bosh, Vince Carter, Tracy McGrady, Kawhi Leonard, all of them that have kind of just left the team, and Raptor fans were heartbroken about it. Kyle's the one player where it was mutual, um the team and the player moving on at the same time and won a championship together so it was like such a uh you know a pleasant parting of ways that I think Raptor fans still really do love Kyle and and want to follow and support him greatest Raptor of all time who would be second for you um Vince Carter okay okay Kawhi's up there right even though he was Kawhi, there. I, think, I think there's a difference I think Kawhi I think it's the difference between best and greatest I think Kawhi Leonard is the best 
Raptor in terms of like the best player to wear a Raptors jersey. It is probably not like a Hakeem Olajuwon wearing it when he's like 95, but like the best player in his prime, I think that's Kawhi Leonard. But in terms of longevity, in terms of success, in terms of wins, in terms of all of that, I think it's Kyle Lowry without a doubt. And then Vince Carter is, is a number two. Speaking of Kyle, an understudy of Kyle, Malachi Flynn, I like what I saw from him in summer league. Do you feel you will see a leap from him this season? Yeah, I do. I honestly, I was really impressed with him in summer league, not first thing yeah. specifically. Um, and I honestly was impressed with him to, to close out the year. He's very similar to me, even more than Kyle Lowry. He's more similar to me than like Fred Van Vliet. He's a very sort of steady guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a better playmaker than Fred Van Vliet already, which I think will be really nice because I think uh, you could pair them together. You could play. I think they're going to see a lot of minutes together, which I think will help Malachi. Um, and it'll help the Raptors offense. He already just looks phenomenal and it feels like he can hit a shot the more difficult it is, <laughs> which right. is always fun. But uh, I was actually impressed with his shooting because I, I didn't know that he had it like that. I knew that like he was considered a pick and roll master. And I think we're going to see a lot of that this year, but I'm really excited for his growth. What do you feel the role, his role will be this season? I think he'll be the backup point guard. And I okay. think we'll see a lot of, I think we'll still see a lot of, double point guard lineups with Fred VanVleet and Malachi. But I think he'll come off the bench. So as you know, Kyle's with the Heat. DeMar now has signed with the Bulls, as I'm sure you do know, Iman. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I feel like wherever DeMar lands, the issue and the conversation and the question marks around the team will be fit because he occupies that mid-range area so much. So I don't know if it's really about the Bulls specifically. It's just about any team DeMar goes to. That'll be the question marks. How do you feel he'll fit with the Bulls? That's a team that I'm very interested in watching because I I don't know how much I love their fit. Like, I don't know. I don't know how good they're going to be in the playoffs. I don't know what their cap is. To me, they seem like a second round out. And I just am really interested in watching it. One of my favorite things in this, like, later years of DeMar DeRozan's career has been his growth because I think fit would always have been the issue considering the way that DeMar DeRozan traditionally plays but his improvement with playmaking and ball handling has just like put his game at another level and like I like I've always said that I would love to see DeMar DeRozan just kind of like any sort of like nothing he should come off the bench but any sort of like lineup that doesn't heavily feature a, a Zach Levine or a Nick Vooch, like to just have DeMar DeRozan out there. Cause like, I know Nikola Vucevic has really kind of improved with his three point shooting as well. And that's something that DeMar DeRozan has completely just ignored. So it, it's, it's hard for me to see that team and know exactly what they're going to do. It's, it's one that I'm very interested in seeing in terms of fit. Cause they have Lonzo there too, which I mean, he's improved as a three point shooter. So yes. it'll be really interesting. They're, they're, te- they're the most interesting team in the league to me. I see them as like a five seed potentially and as a second round out but uh, they'll be fun yeah I think you're right about them being one of the most interesting teams in the league I think all the conversation right now is between them and the Warriors I mean I might be a little bit more skeptical about the Warriors being title contenders than some because I feel that they're kind of going in two different directions. And I really like the draft pick for the same reason. I like Toronto's draft pick. They didn't listen to the noise. There was a lot of negative attention around Kaminga, not real, not as a person at all, just his game and how he'll fit right away with an NBA team. I think a lot of people thought they might take a more NBA ready player, but he played really well in summer league. So I think he'll be great. Do you feel the warriors 
are title contenders, even though it kind of feels like they're focused on the development of younger players in their future, but they also want to maximize the Splash Brothers and Draymond. Yeah, no, I'm confused by the Warriors' direction. I don't quite understand it. The Raptors, I think, were one of the few teams that were very successful continuously putting out a 50-win season while also developing guys, right? Like, they developed Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Vliet. But, and, like, part of this is the fact that they they were good, so they had picks in the 20s, and they took undrafted guys who were older, who were 22 and 23, and were able to, like, send them to the G League for a couple of years. Like Pascal Siakam was a number two scoring option on a championship team in his third season, right? Like right. Um, we don't believe that like James Wiseman can do that next season. Right? Like it's not a thing that like, because they're taking these really young guys and I, I love that for them. I think James Wiseman is going to be a good player. Um, I think that like, I, I was I was a fan of Kaminga's and I understand that he's a, a young kid, but like taking these teenagers and trying to develop them at the same time as trying to compete with your 30 plus players just feels like there's no direction there. Um, there was a lot of chatter and I don't know what you make of it. There was a lot of chatter of like, you know, combining the picks that they had, what was it? Four and seven yeah. and Wiseman and trying to get, you know, Siakam or some sort of like player that could fit in right now for them. And like that made the most, like that kind of made a lot of sense to me, like trying to go that route. Um, I don't think that's a deal that they're, I don't know. But um, that kind of made the most sense to me. I am looking at this and I'm confused. I don't think they're going to be contender. I think they once again will probably be that like second tier of teams. I don't think they're going to be in the first team with the Nets. Um, but I do think that they'll be in, in the second tier because I just think Stephen Curry is, is that brilliant. And you bring Clay back. I hope he comes back strong. Do you feel that kind of move would have benefited the Raptors and the Warriors to package those picks for Pascal? I love Andrew Wiggins. I do not want him on my team. <laughs> I'm just like, we did it. We had tomorrow. Why are we doing it again? But I I don't, I don't. I don't think it would have, I don't understand it for the Raptors. They developed Pascal Siakam. They went through years with this to just continue to like, take young guys and hope that you can develop them to be a second team all NBA player to then just trade them away and get another 19 year old just doesn't quite make sense to me. I feel like it would have been too premature for the Raptors. We don't know what this iteration of the team will look like with Fev Vliet, OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam at the helm. I would just, I think it makes sense to like give it a little bit of a run, see what you have before you ship it away. So that's interesting. Maybe that's how the Raptors felt and they were talking to each other about it and the Warriors I mean, Messiah just said that they weren't Messiah said that like it's it he he has zero interest in in shopping Pascal or he wasn't doing that do you believe that no but I also don't <laughs> I but I I will say the Raptors like we said at the top don't leak either so anytime I hear a leak like that it often has come at least just like in paying attention to this as someone who is obsessive about the Raptors in a way that's not healthy for anybody um Anytime we hear leaks like this, it has always come from the other camp. Like, so much so that I don't, like, just to pay attention to the weeds of this, when Kyle Lowry was traded, there was all this talk about the Heat, right? Like, not traded, but as a side trade, whatever. When he was a free agent, there was all this talk about the Heat. We all knew that he was going to the Heat. All of that was known, but the details of the sign and trade was not. Like, Goran Dragic was being interviewed, and he's like, I don't know if I'm included in a deal. Like, once that part was done, which was obviously coming from, you know, the agents and, and Lowry's team and, and the Heat and all of that, we knew all of that, but we didn't even know what the Raptors were getting back. We didn't know if the Raptors wanted Tyler Hero or Precious Achua. We had no idea until, like, multiple days later. We didn't even know that 
Um, who was a player that the Raptors renounced? Oh, Rodney Hood. We didn't even know that the Raptors renounced rights to Rodney Hood until Rodney Hood signed with another team. Like the Raptors really do keep everything so close to the chest. Um, so I never believe a story like that because I know that it's not coming from the Raptors. It's coming from um, either the, the agent or, or the other team. So, I mean, the Warriors were probably in conversations with teams and they probably didn't get anything they liked. So they just figured uh, we go in two different directions to try and make it work. I'm sure they don't look at it themselves as we're going in two different directions. Maybe they feel those draft picks can help them right away. And they looked really good in summer league. They did. They did. I'm, I'm excited. I'm just always excited to see Steph play. Like, I'm like, contend or not. I don't know. It was fun to watch him in the playing game. Like, it's just fun to watch Stephen Curry. <laughs> Definitely is. Iman, great stuff. You're always welcome back on the show. Where can we find you on social media? Where can we find your podcast? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at underscore nope name. Um, and on Instagram at ImanXO. You want to spell the two M's, I-M-M-A-N. And you can find my work at Basketball News. Thanks so much, Iman. Really appreciate you taking the time to join in on the show. Hey, You're always sorry welcome. I sound like this. I'm like, no, it's good. The, the information. It's the awesome. information that matters, Iman. It's the information. <laughs> but you're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Anytime. There it is. Another episode of Combo's Court is in the books. Thank you to everyone who tunes into the show across the globe. Big shouts to Iman for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button. Share this episode with a friend. Share it on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Share it on your IG stories and tag me at 1-2-Combo on Instagram. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 297. Combo out.